Welcome to the Machete and Quill podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hoyt, author of the fantasy novel, Gemma Calvertson and the Forest of Despair, which I read one to two chapters of each week on this show. This is a bonus episode in a series called In Character, where we look in depth at different characters of the book. There may be some very light spoilers, but nothing that spoils major plot twists or endings. Let's get into it. Welcome back, fair ladies and fine gents. Settle into your chairs. The lights will soon go down as we begin our latest performance of In Character, an exploration of characters of Gemma Calvertson and the Forest of Despair. Our next subject is a consummate entertainer, performer, and writer. That's right, we're talking about Justan the Just. Enter stage right. All right. Justan is the final remaining member of the original Great Journey crew that's still around. And in the world of the story, he's the, ma- the most famous. Justan wrote the sole book that recounts the events of the Great Journey, chronicling the heroics and harrowing antics of what happened during the Old War and the adventure among the group of friends that would save Epistel, Maekel the Mighty, Arnim the Loyal, Richard the Elusive, and Justan the Just himself. Of course, he may have exaggerated about his own heroics here and there, focused a bit too much on his own accomplishments, glossed over some of the deeds of his friends, perhaps. The initial publication of his book, Journey of Perils, Heroes of Men, a memoir by Justan the Just, is a couple years after the end of the great journey that launched him into superstardom across the kingdom of Epistel. Justan spent the next two decades touring the land, performing various iterations of a stage show. Sometimes it was a big production with musical numbers. Other times it was a one-man show with Justan recounting various parts of the great journey for a captivated audience. That's the version of the show we kind of see when we introduce, we're introduced to him in the book. Justan lived for the spotlight and for applause, but it hasn't always been easy for him. Not long after the first edition of the book came out, King Davin sent his Royal Mystic Committee out to confiscate and destroy any copies that could be located. Justan had included too many details of magical powers and enchanted creatures, but King Davin had banned magic and done everything in his power to make sure that people forgot about any kind of special creature. He wasn't about to let the things in Justan's story get into the heads of too many common folk of Epistel. So under strict supervision of the Royal Mystic Committee, Justan begrudgingly edited the story, censoring much of the truth, and released a new edition of that book. Even that wasn't enough, however. King Davin did not trust him to leave out the elements of magic from his live stage shows. Davin sent his committee spies to Justan's shows, deconstructing every word said by the performer, ready to fine or arrest him with any slip-up. Still, Justan persisted in sharing as much of the story as he was able to, and he found much fame throughout Epistel. Life on the road was lonely, however, and Justan found as much comfort as he could in the company of the wine bottle and of his business manager, Rodnego Deveron. However, he could never quite recapture the glory days of adventure like those with his old friends in the Great Journey. At least, not until George Calvertson came along. Like the character of Arnhem, I didn't originally intend to have Justan as a recurring character in the earliest versions of the story. I always had his name in the early exposition, mentioning how his book was the only source of information about the Great Journey. 
but that Justan was clearly an unreliable narrator and constantly contradicted his own stories during his appearances on stage. As the story expanded from an audio drama script to a full-fledged novel, and I had room for more characters and storylines, Justan became a favorite to write. I had to introduce him a little later in the story than other characters to keep the flow of the story going early on with the primary pair, Gemma and Richard, and the secondary pair, Danny and Arnhem. But Justan being part of the tertiary pair with George wasn't meant to be an insult to the character. In reality, Justan's character had so much personality and backstory that I wanted to spend as much time uh, than I was more time than I was able to on his scenes. And as I wrote him, I imagined him as a cross between Chris Hemsworth's Thor in the first Thor movie and King Ezekiel from The Walking Dead as played by Carrie Payton. He was larger than life, full of energy and charisma, not to mention full of himself. <laughs> He's also a good uh, opposite of George, who we'll cover another time on the show. Uh, and that made the two of them a good but unlikely pairing to share scenes with. One last thing I want to mention is my favorite scene with Justan. Late in the second act, as George is impatiently waiting to find his sister, he hears talking and he runs down the stairs of the tower to see if help has finally arrived. Instead, he finds Justan basically playing dress up in the armor that they found in this tower, sparring in the air and reenacting his glory days as an adventurer. It was a fun scene to play out in my head, and I hope it comes out just as fun on the page and on the podcast, uh, as brief as it is. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you're enjoying this series of bonus episodes. Please feel free to contact me on social media. You can find uh, you can find all my social media profiles on my website, ryanhoytauthor.com, or you could email me, ryan at ryanhoytauthor.com. The music on this podcast is from Before the World Moved On. Each week on the Machete and Quilt podcast, we read one to two chapters from Gemma Calvertson and The Forest of Despair, a novel written by me, Ryan Hoyt. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Thank you.